Blog Talk Radio. With Machado and Harper's decisions nearing, where do the Phillies stand with this offseason set of elite free agents? Looking back and the Andrew McCutcheon and Gene Segura and taking a look at the pitching market. All this and more on the debuted episode of FanCast. Hold on, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished. When I bought that ass tomorrow, y'all thought it was winning. Jackson on these n****s. I'm like Papa on his finish. Double M, yeah, that's my team. Rose is catching on Lieutenant. I'm the tight can of men casting grind like I'm broke. Hey, guys. Hello and welcome to FanCast. The first, this is our first episode on the Baseball Podcast Network, a company that will bring you seven daily podcasts of seven different Major League Baseball teams. Um, free, feel free to call in to us at 845-277-9345 to ask any Phillies questions. Here's our co-host, Isaac, to tell you a little bit about himself and introduce you to this podcast. Hey, guys. It's uh, Isaac Schwartz here. Um, I, have a, I have an account at phillies.focus and uh, really fell in love with the Phillies. I want to see Roy Halladay pitch in 2011. That's my favorite pitchers. And here's Coy, other co-host. And I'm Coy Zimmel, uh, big Phillies fan. Uh, favorite player growing up was Ryan Howard. Grew up with that core. Brought home World Series in 2008. And now looking forward to 10 years later as we're getting back on track, making a couple postseason runs over the next hopefully decade. And to get right into our first topic of the podcast is two players that could help bring that postseason berth back to Philadelphia with this year's set of mega free agents, Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. So Isaac, what, how are you feeling about Manny Machado and Harper? Which one would you prefer? And which one do you think has a better shot of coming to Philadelphia? Well, to answer, to answer the first part of your question, uh, I prefer Bryce Harper because I, even though I think Manny Machado is the overall better baseball player, I believe Bryce Harper is the better fit for Philadelphia. And then to answer the second part of your question, I think it's pretty clear that Manny Machado is headed in the direction of New York. So I'd say if the Phillies have a shot at one of these two mega free agents, it's got to be Bryce Harper. What are you thinking, Coy? So I think Manny Machado, he just had his little drama last night following the Yes Network the Yankees TV sponsor. And so I do think within the next two weeks, he will sign a big deal that will send him to New York, leaving the Phillies in what will be a bidding battle for Bryce Harper. And the Phillies have said all off season that they're willing to spend stupid money. They have a ton of money available. And I think they will put 10 years, almost 400 million into Bryce Harper to secure him for the next decade. Yes. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see May Machado Manny Machado take a five to seven year deal with the Yankees simply because it's his favorite team and rumors have been swirling around all off season that he's always wanted to play there. So I see him taking maybe a few less years than he would have been offered somewhere else like Chicago White Sox or the Phillies. And as you were saying, I definitely see double digit years being offered to Bryce Harper if we are to acquire him. Yeah, I think Harper is a much safer bet to go a longer span of years. I think that Manny Machado right now appears to be in the midst of his peak. He's putting up consistent numbers, whereas Harper seems to be up and down. I think if he did come to Philadelphia, this would we would catch him in the prime of his career. For the next six to seven years, he would be one of the top five players in baseball. And 
no matter the price range, how much it takes for him to come in, it would definitely be worth it if Clintac was able to lure him into Philly. Uh, yes. Uh, as you said, John Middleton, the owner of the Phillies, said Phillies are willing to spend stupid money. I think it wouldn't be so stupid if we spent it on Bryce Harper. Uh, Bryce Harper is a perfect fit for the park in Philadelphia. I think his grit, his style of play, fans would love it. Um, every dollar, uh, fans would not complain on the amount of money spent on Bryce Harper. Absolutely not. Everyone has been waiting all off season for the Phillies to make a major move. If you remember at the beginning of the off season, there was rival executives coming out and saying that the 2019 off season would run through Philly as they were at one point, the favorites to land Machado and Harper. And now it appears that with Machado's market, it's been shut down to three teams between the Phillies, Yankees and white Sox. He looks like he'll be obviously the first player to, of the two to sign. And that'll leave Harper, whose market is a little wider, but the main players will be teams like the Phillies, Cubs, Dodgers. And how much do you think the Phillies will offer Harper and over what amount of time? I can see I can see a bidding war occurring and I don't see Matt Clentak losing. I see the Phillies I see Matt Clentak and John Middleton stretching it to an eleven year deal actually. I see eleven years around three hundred and forty to three hundred and forty five million. Um, it sounds like a lofty amount of money, but we want to reel in the best free agent in the market. It's, it's going to be necessary. And uh, Chicago White Sox supposedly are all in in, in a bidding war. Uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers are very interested, maybe in a shorter-term deal, but higher AAV. Um, and you got then supposedly there are many teams that met with Boris about you know, Scott Boris about his client Bryce Harper. So. I'd say the top the top three as of now are the Dodgers, Phillies, and White Sox. Harper is definitely worth the money. Yes, he's the 2015 MVP. He's a six-time All-Star, 279 career hitter, 388 on-base percentage with a 512 sluggage, and he is used to playing in Philadelphia seven years in Washington. So I think him playing in that stadium, Boris came out earlier and said the Phillies are on his list and that he feels very comfortable in Citizens Bank Park which I think will play a huge role in his final decision. There have been reports speculating that he wants to be a Dodger or Yankee. The Yankees appear to have no interest in him. Brian Cashman has come out multiple times, said they're not looking at him. Whereas the Dodgers want him, they've cleared up some space, training Yasiel Puig and Matt Kemp, but they're looking on a smaller deal, which might not suit Harper and Boris for what they're looking for this offseason. Uh, yes, uh, I agree. Bryce Harper... It's been quite evident the past few seasons. It's really his whole career that he's comfortable in Citizens Bank Park. He's killed Phillies pitching, hitting many home runs. Uh, even Aaron Nola, the Phillies ace, he, uh, he owned Aaron Nola. He, I, he had six home runs in his first two years as a Philly. Um, Bryce Harper did against Aaron Nola. He just, it seems every time there's a clutch moment and Bryce Harper has the opportunity, he, he, he does not waste it against Philadelphia. So, I think many Phillies fans would be ecstatic to see a player who is, they've been used to see kill them uh, join their forces. Harper is not coming off his best season in what is his contract year. He batted 249, had a career high with 169 strikeouts, and set a low mark when he had his lowest t- date yet of war. Three. Does it bother you at all or concern you before the Phillies offer him a boatload of money? To be quite honest, no. 
I mean, sure, I would have been greatly encouraged to see Bryce Harper inflate his stats in his contract year and play for the money, but you could see what was going wrong with Harper and why his struggles were so so terrible. He, well, he only batted 213 in the first half of the year. Heading into the All-Star break, you could tell everyone was everyone could tell Bryce Harper's swing was off. And by that I mean he was pulling his head off the ball. He was looking to crush crush balls when he should have been hitting for contact. And part of that it probably was playing in his contract year. Um, however, he truly turned it around in the second half of the year, hitting over 300 to improve his average to – 249, uh, almost 250 after he hit 213 at the heading into the All-Star break. And I, I am not concerned as a Phillies fan about Bryce Harper's year in 2018. He obviously has the capability to hit for average, a career 279 hitter, uh, hit for power, uh, get on base, has a very high walk percentage, even this year when he struggled. Um, in the corner outfields, he had fairly good, fairly good defense until this past year, 2018, when the Nationals truly mismanaged him uh, by placing him in center field for most of the year. Uh, their, their first year manager, David Martinez, sort of made a mistake. And his defensive war and his war overall suffered from being placed in center field. Uh, absolutely. And he would not be molded into that center field role in Philadelphia. He would likely play a corner outfield, most likely right field, which would benefit his defense greatly as much as it would help his hitting. It's a smaller park with less territory to cover. The corners are pinched a little bit. It would hide any difficulties that he had in center field and would put him back to that stable, not elite, but solid defender and right. But let's flip it over a little bit to free agent Manny Machado. It shows that the Yankees offer way less money, a couple less years. What would your price range be on him to try and lure him away from the Chicago White Sox, who appear all in on him as well. I would offer Manny Machado a deal, um, an eight-year deal. Um, I'd say around $295 million. Um, it, it, we heard that the Phillies were weary on offering Machado a 10-year, $300 million contract. And that, you know, people kind of expected heading into the, into the offseason with Manny Machado's market, but his his market has dwindled slightly. His uh, the bidding war has sort of been found the two teams now, the White Sox and Phillies, truly will be the two big spenders. I think the Yankees, um, if they if they are obviously more attractive to Manny Machado, what they truly have to do is offer him a six or seven-year deal. But for the Phillies, if they want to have Manny Machado be their third baseman for the next near decade, they, they need to offer him in the vicinity of $300 million. Maybe not go quite that far, but Offer him at least eight years, $290 million, I believe, to reel him in. Machado met with both clubs earlier this month when he met with the Phillies. It was a meeting of around four hours, including uh, dinner afterwards. However, when he went to New York, it was a 90-minute meeting, very short. It seemed that the Phillies had to do more to woo Machado and would also have to spend more to draw him that way. Uh, in addition to driving him away from New York, they would likely also have to spend a little extra to force him to play third instead of shortstop after trading for Gene Segura. Machado's a great player, elite talent, four-time All-Star. He won two golds at, gold gloves at third base. His defense isn't quite as well at shortstop. Would you be willing to spend any extra money to force him to third instead of his personal opinion of playing short? 
Uh, Machado obviously is a Hall of Fame talent, defensive glove at third base. He prefers to play shortstop, as you said. His numbers were just plain and simple, awful in Baltimore at the shortstop position. But once he got traded to Los Angeles two weeks before the All-Star game, two two weeks after, um, his numbers went up. And there he made many highlight plays. He showed, he flashed the leather the same way that he seemed to be at third base the past four or five years. And I think Manny Machado would, would like more money because the Yankees have an open shortstop position. They're more attracted to him. In that, in that regard also. So if the Phillies want him to be their franchise third baseman, they're going to have to offer offer much more money than they would if they had an open shortstop hole, I believe. Absolutely. The addition of Segura shut down pretty quickly. Machado is coming off a very good year, batting 297, 367, 538, 37 homers, 100 set. But this offseason he sparked a little bit of drama with some comments and a little bit of dirty play. Does that turn you away from Machado, or do you see his personality being attractive to Phillies fans and the Philadelphia media? I wouldn't quite call his personality attractive to Philly fans, um, but I don't think Philly fans should be deterred. Um, if you look at the timing of it, yes, it was a dirty play whenever Manny Machado clipped Jesus Aguilar's foot, and yes, it was a terrible thing to say that he, he's no Johnny Hustle, after he didn't run out a 3-0 ground ball in the infield in World Series game. But he was asked these questions, that question, the Johnny Hustle question, after a World Series loss. And no player is going to be very happy after a big loss, especially in the World Series. Um, certainly a bit disheartening, and I think it lowered his market whenever he said that he's no Johnny Hustle player. But I don't think that should turn Phillies fans away. And regarding his character in the clubhouse, Manny Machado has always gotten along with with his teammates. I don't think his supposed dirty plays in, in the postseason would would sort of turn any of the his new Phillies teammates away from him. I, I, he he's always gotten along with his teammates. Well, other teams where he starts to run into some problems. I agree with you a hundred percent. I think he'd be welcome into the clubhouse, come in with open arms. So I do think just like at the trade deadline, Phillies will be left at the altar with Machado. Feel free to call in at 845-277-9345 with all questions regarding the Phillies. And now we're going to send you to a network advertisement of other podcasts that we'll play this week. Hey, listen in to Pinstripe Talk tomorrow at 5. We talk everything New York Yankees. We talk rumors and speculation and everything going down in the Bronx. From Manny Machado to Gary Sanchez to Sonny Gray and beyond. Anything that goes on in the Boogie Down Bronx will definitely have time on our show. Where and when will Sonny Gray get traded to? Is Manny Machado going to be a Yankee? And how will that affect other players on the Yankees? Will Mariano Rivera be the first unanimous Hall of Famer? And is Brian Cashman preparing to make a blockbuster move? We will talk all Yankees. If you are a fan of baseball and the Yanks, then look no further than Pinstripe Talk tomorrow at 5. And remember, always be in a New York state of mind. So the Phillies have had a very active offseason, despite not landing either of the major free agents just yet. 
when they acquired Gene Segura in a trade and then made their first major free agent signing, bringing in Andrew McCutcheon. How would you grade Klintak's job so far this offseason? Um, personally, at this point, I would grade grade Klintak at a B minus. Uh, simply, some might say that it's a bit too high for not landing a free agent, but if you look at the minor moves Klintak has made thus far, they've been rather impressive. Uh, let's look at Segura, his offensive his offensive stats. Um, just he's hit over 300 the past four years. Uh, he's been an All Star the past two seasons. Uh, he had 69 strikeouts in the leadoff position this past year, whereas compared to Cesar Hernandez, the Phillies' leadoff hitter, he had 155 strikeouts. So that is a major plus. Uh, Philly's strikeout rate was up. How uh, even with the even though the Phillies were seeing more pitches, it'll it caused more strikeouts instead of more contact. So Segura is most definitely a contact hitter. Um, Segura had a 1.5 defensive WAR this past year at shortstop which is way above what Scott Kingry and J.P. Crawford and Estrubal Cabrera combined for in 2018. So in really all aspects of the game, Gene Segura is a major plus and a major get for Matt Klintak. How, how do you feel about the addition of Gene Segura? Well, hitting on Kingry and Crawford, they combined for a negative 1.5 war overall. So having them in the lineup technically lost the Phillies games. So I think barring Segura puts a bonafide star, shortstop, a solid player right there. It secures up some holes in the lineup and defensively, better player on both sides of the field, offense and defense. So I think the Phillies are set up in a position right now where Klintak's job so far would earn him a B plus. They have the ability to still spend a boatload of money on the major free agents. However, they're tying up little knots to get closer to contending with the Braves this next season. Um, they also signed Andrew McCutcheon to a three-year, $50 million deal. Do you think that was a little too pricey? Um, well, the way it was market was moving during the winter meetings, I, I don't think – I mean, yes, he was – Andrew McCutcheon was overpaid, but the Phillies did get his contract backloaded. And what I mean by that is he makes $10 million in the 2018 season. Uh, he will then make $15 million in the twenty in the twenty twenty season, and then uh, twenty in his final season in his three year contract. So I think this opened up some financial capability. But as you were saying, I think the Phillies did slightly overpay for Andrew McCutcheon. He has been declining. Uh, he was the NL MVP for the Pittsburgh Pirates in twenty thirteen. Uh, he's always had a very good OPS. Uh, and his, his the biggest thing about Andrew McCutcheon is his veteran leadership. And he shows that on and off the field as he, he always has a professional bat, it seems like, in big situations. Uh, he may not always get a, clutch, a big clutch hit, but he can draw walks. He'll take a hit by pitch. Uh, he'll, he'll knock up the middle for a single. He, he does the things that makes, that makes a winning team up. Uh, he may not be your star or your number four hitter in the lineup, but he is certainly part of a winning team. And the extra money, it did look a bit overpaid, especially after the Michael Brantley deal, two years, $30 million. But Machado, or, sorry, McCutcheon is a much more durable player than Brantley, and I think the Phillies did spend a little extra for things away from actual baseball, the things like durability, his leadership, clubhouse. And coming in right now with Reese Hoskins moving back to first, 
position becomes the Phillies' best off um, outfielder at the moment. He did only hit 255 last season, but he got on base almost 37% of the time, 20 home runs, 65 RBIs, accounted for a 2.7 war. He's definitely an upgrade as opposed to what the Phillies have right now. And the question appears, where do these two fit into the Phillies lineup, and where do you see them next to the season? Um, as Gabe Kapler said when he was interviewed on MLB Network, uh, he said he feels that Gene Segura, as of now, is the two-hole hitter in the lineup. And he, hasn't, he didn't make any statements on where Andrew McCutcheon fits into the mix, but I'd say, especially if a major free agent is acquired, uh, Andrew McCutcheon will be hitting in the five-hole come 2019. Uh, I see him hitting behind Reese Hoskins um, or whoever's in the four-hole. I think he provides an excellent on-base percentage. Uh, but like as I said earlier, he, he can he makes contact. He'll move runners over. He'll get runners in. So I think the five the five hole would be a perfect. Both Segura and McCutcheon they give major league at bat something that younger Phillies struggled with this season. Guys like Scott Kingery who got in more O2 counts than anyone else in baseball. These two will give you at bats. They'll grind it out. They'll work walks. Find ways to move runners. They add a different presence to the Phillies locker room than what they had in 2018. And overall, it just seems like the team is going to be a lot better than what we ended with. And it'll make, if we do miss out on one of the major free agents, a lot easier to solve the rest of the issues. Well, the one term I think that these two new offseason acquisitions could be is something that Gabe Kapler used quite often during the season. I think these players will elongate the Phillies lineup and what I mean by that is it'll provide more hitters that are not an easy out. At certain times during, during the season, when Dubal was in a slump, uh, Reese Hoskins was in a slump, Scott Kingery was never consistent, and Jorge Alfaro was very consistent as well. So that's four outs right there in the Phillies lineup. And it seemed like there was certain holes where even if some players were in a groove, that there are times where you're just not going to get get a hit from certain players. When you add someone like Gene Segura and Andrew McCutcheon to your lineup, and that pushes Scott Kingery out of the everyday, out of the everyday lineup, and Nick Williams might be coming off the bench or Dubal Herrera, um, you start to see the the Phillies lineup coming to form and filled with solid hitters, one to nine. Segura, as you said, has over for the past four years. come in, they have higher averages than what we were used to, and it makes the Phillies lineup have a little more depth to it, as to where last year there was a lot of young guys, a lot of unexperienced players getting at-bats, where they just didn't seem to figure out Major League pitching. For most of the year, they'd have little stints where they got it, and then their timing would be thrown back off. Now with these two players in, the Phillies lineup becomes a lot more dangerous and a lot more protection in it whereas pitchers would only have to worry about facing Reese Hoskins where he was going through a hot stretch or one or two little face players that were peaking at the time. Now there's a little more depth. It's a little more spread out. And like you said, there's no particular weak spot in the lineup where when that player comes up to bat, you're like, oh, God, there's no chance here. It becomes more consistent and a lot more safe. Yes, exactly. And um, to head back, actually, on the details of the – Gene Segura trade. I, I want to see what you think of these players. Um, as well as Gene Segura acquired in the trade, 
uh, for Carlos Santana and shortstop J.P. Crawford. Uh, the Phillies acquired left-handed relief pitcher James Pazos. Um, in 2018, he had a 288 ERA, 1.24 whip. Uh, he went 4-1. and one. And also right-handed veteran relief pitcher Juan DiCasio, who, uh, if you remember, played with the Phillies for about half the season. A few years ago, he went 1-6 and six with a 6 ERA. The, how do you feel about those acquisitions to the Phillies' new bullpen? I think adding pauses specifically was a steal from the Phillies' half. They're bringing in a left-handed arm, that, which they lacked in 2018. It stabilizes the bullpen, adds a bigger threat. And you had left-handed guys like Adam Morgan, who never were that consistent. Now we have a solid guy in. He's not an elite bullpen guy. But it definitely was great to add him in the deal, especially when all we gave up was Crawford and Santana. No prospects, all major league talent. It's definitely a job well done by Clentac. And something else that he acquired was Jose Alvarez in a trade with the Angels. A straight steal by the Phillies. They traded um the trade helps them significantly. Another left handed arm. And Luis Garcia was the player the Phillies traded away. Very inconsistent, struggled mightily with the Phillies. So I think while they haven't added an elite closer yet, they've added little pieces that will also help the bullpen just like they have done with the lineup. Yeah, I'm not going to put it nicely. Luis Garcia was just a, fa- uh, a pretty pretty much a failure with the Phillies. He is uh, 31 years of age, but it seemed whenever the Phillies really needed an out and they inserted him into the game, he could never find a way, whether it was walking players. Um, if you remember in one of the last Braves series, he walked four straight batters. He, he was a disaster. Whenever, he, whenever, the lights were, whenever the big lights were on him, he, he could never show up. And I think the Angels see potential in Why the Angels see potential in him is because of his pitches. He throws a 98-mile-an-hour fastball, has that slider and cutter. However, his, his inability to perform has really hurt the Phillies over the past few years. And Jose Alvarez, as you mentioned, has, was the best arm in the Angels' bullpen this past season. I, I don't see where Angels' GM, Billy Epler, traded this 28-year-old. I, Jose Alvarez, I think, could be a very versatile, very flexible pitcher in the Phillies' bullpen. I think I think it'll be a key cog in Phillies' success this year. Yeah, the Phillies' bullpen struggled mightily last year. Sir Anthony Dominguez was one of the lone bright spots, but it appeared he struggled pitching in back-to-back games, sort of a closer role with that disability. He, Luis Garcia won't um, be missed, truthfully, by Phillies fans. Like you said, he blew a lot of games, struggled at when the Phillies needed the most, and outing Alvarez will likely be a better fit in the Phillies' bullpen. Pazos will be a great help. So while Klintak hasn't added any big names yet, he's done all these little things to help significantly, which are flown under the radar, which I think it will be a shame if the Phillies miss out on Machado or Harper because all these little things he's done, it'll be totally washed away by Phillies fans and their outrage that we didn't acquire one of the two. That's where I think the acquisition of Bryce Harper and Manny Machado would put Matt Klintak over the top as one of the premier GMs in in the National League, to be quite honest. All these moves that we are talking about, they all involve a level of of policing. I mean, to get James Pazos, uh, to get Jose Alvarez for essentially nothing, you're helping your... We helped our team in two ways in the Jose Alvarez trade. We got rid of Luis Garcia, and we 
got another quality relief pitcher. Um, Matt Klentak is setting himself up to be very bright in the eyes of Phillies fans as long as, this is as big as long as, but as long as we acquire one of the two, free, two top free agents. And this 2019 off, 2018, 2019 offseason, it has been regarded by Phillies and Phillies management and Phillies fans as one of the biggest offseasons in franchise history. Uh, we've been looking forward, to, looking forward to it for years. And it will be a major disappointment if we don't come up with one of the key free agents in this class. Um, well, Phil, I'm not sure about Phil, you, but how would you feel if – what direction do you think the Phillies could go in if they don't get Machado or Harper? The good thing about this free agency class and even the trade market right now is while missing out on Machado would be a shame, there's a lot of fallback options. Guys like A.J. Pollock, a great player, was an MVP candidate for the beginning of the season before he got hurt. If the Phillies whiff on Harper, signing him to play in a outfield role would be a great addition. Guys like Kluber, Remuto are on the trade market. If the Phillies do whiff, they can add an impact name, help out the team, help out the rotation. So while missing out on one of those two isn't ideal, there's definitely ways to go around it and avoid a disaster if they do whiff. Call in at 845-277-9345, and let's head to another network advertisement. Hey. Tune in to our first edition of the Amazing Mets podcast on Thursday at 7 p.m. We will break down the Mets' latest roster moves and rumors, including the Cano-Diaz trade and the signings of Wilson Ramos and Jay Reese Familia. What move does Brody have up his sleeve next? Is A.J. Pollock or Marwin Gonzalez in the cards? Could the Mets still join in on the Bryce Harper sweepstakes? Is Seth Lugo really available for trade? All that and more will be discussed by our hosts. We take calls and answer fans' questions throughout the show. If you are a Mets fan, or even just a baseball fan, tune into the Amazing Mets podcast at 7 p.m. Thursday. Don't miss it. So while the Phillies do need to add an impact bat to the lineup, they also need significant help pitching via starters and bullpen. And five names they have been lengthily connected to this offseason were closers Craig Kimbrell and Zach Britton, and their starting pitchers Robbie Ray, Mike Miner, Doubt, and Dallas Keuchel. So Isaac, which player, which pitcher, and where do you see the Phillies falling on this pitching market? Um, let's start with the relievers, uh, Craig Kimbrell and Zach Britton. Uh, Craig Kimbrell, there reports he was seeking a six nine-figure deal, which is $100 million in six years, which I think is just a disaster waiting to happen. Uh, we saw what happened the last time the Phillies gave a long contract to a closer, Jonathan Papabon. He was out in season and a half. So I, I don't think it would be a great idea to give Kimbrell a deal any longer than three years. Um, I'd say more than $70 million, um, Kimbrell, his out pitches include a slider and the occasional fastball, which don't age well. The slider, the slider in relief pitches does not age well. Whereas if you look at other league closers like the Rolders Chapman and Kenley Jansen, they have a blow you away fastball, which you know never goes away, and they have a they have a changeup to help 
even out the fastball, which Craig Kimbrell does not have. So I think the Phillies should attempt to pass on Craig Kimbrell if they can acquire Zach Britton to a three-year deal, to a three- to four-year deal. Um, Zach Britton is a left-hander and a closer, something, both things the Phillies are in desperate need of. I think Zach Britton would be a perfect fit for the Phillies' bullpen. He would come in, close games. If you remember his tw- his 2015 season, I believe he had a .89 ERA throughout the whole season. Um, he's been pretty consistent these past few years, even though he was injury-riddled at the beginning of 2018. He was traded to the Yankees at the all- at the trade deadline. and he performed pretty well down the stretch in the playoffs. Um, I don't think he he didn't allow many runs in September. I don't think he allowed one earned run in September. Um, so there, there are your relievers. Uh, Coy, how do you feel about the starting pitching market? Where do you think the Phillies should head in that direction? Well, out of the three names, Dallas Keuchel is the only free agent, and it was reported that were not willing to meet his five-year demand, which I think is a smart move by Clintac be willing to spend stupid money but not stupid years. Keiko is basically a left-handed Arietta. Their ERA is within 0.04 points of each other. Both 2015 Cy Young winners, uh, World Series champions, but both declining and past their prime. We saw how the move with Arietta panned out this season. Didn't go as planned. And I don't think signing Keiko for anything longer than three years would be a smart move. But Robbie Ray and Mike Miner are the two major trade candidates. Robbie Ray was brilliant in 2017, 15-5, 289 ERA. He's had three other complete seasons, ERA over four only once. I think trading for him would be a smarter move than the other option, Mike Miner, who is also good. And I think a smarter move would be to trade for him than signing Keuchel. But I think right now Robbie would be the way to go. Yes, uh, I see where you're headed with Robbie Ray and his potential. His, his strikeout ratio is great, but if you look at Mike Miner and what he's done over the years with Kansas City and Texas the past year, I, I see a lot of potential in him. Uh, if the Phillies brought him in as the, in a trade, I think he could go to the bullpen. And at certain times when a Phillies pitcher has to go out early, such as Vince Velasquez or Nick Pavetta, as we saw last year, um, he can give you two or three innings, which – can be very valuable in a bullpen. Uh, I think even though Robbie Robbie Ray might be a more of a talent um, as a starting pitcher, Mike Mike Miner can give you the occasional start and can also come out of the bullpen. Uh, Gabe Kapler seems to love versatile players such as Scott Kingry, uh, Pat Neshek, players like that. So I see Mike Miner fitting that kind of mold. Well, Miner, his best season was arguably in 2017, 65 ERA. And he was used out of the bullpen in Kansas City. So trading for him, they likely would use him in that bullpen role, whereas opposed to Ray would come in and start. And I can agree with you that Meyer could be a smart move as well. Because I think the Phillies have a lot of young talent in starting pitching. I don't think adding someone like Keiko on a lot of money is that smart because there are guys like Zach Eflin, Vince Velasquez, Nick Pavetta, all guys who have a lot of talent and are in the majors right now not even to mention the top prospects, Sixto Sanchez and Adonis Medina, who both will be up in the majors within the next two to three years. I don't think any reason to crowd up the rotation would be a wise move. So adding bullpen help or shortlist starters could be beneficial this year. 
but I wouldn't want to lock anyone down long term because of the youth we have in rotation options. Um, agreed. It seems to be a common common pattern in Philly starting pitching that there's not many left-handers, and that, that's why I say that Mike Minor could give the occasional start if there's a right-handed heavy lineup. Um, I think Mike Minor could be thrown in maybe a four or five innings pitch situation. Uh, they they could place him in there almost not as not quite as an opener, but you know he could be a, a flexible flexible relief option to start to start a game. And I just think he presents so much so much upside. Uh, as you said, his 2017 season, his numbers were off the charts. He barely had above a one a one whip. Uh, his strikeouts per nine in his pitch was over ten. Over ten to two and a half, which is a very, very impressive ratio. So, I mean, I, I can see why the Phillies would trade for Robbie Ray. We do need, I believe, we do need another starting pitcher. But Mike Miner is number one on my list as of now. Either way, I don't think there's really a wrong way to go, except for signing Keuchel. Anything would be another mistake. And adding Miner would add that versatile role where he can start games, he can relieve them. And he would be another veteran leadership in the clubhouse, help out some bullpen guys, little insight to the starters. Either option would be a major upgrade to compared to what the Phillies have right now, both left-handers, which the Phillies lack. No lefties in the starting rotation right now, very few in the bullpen. So they definitely need to sign somebody or trade for somebody. It just seems unclear right now who that someone will be. That seems to be the problem with, Phillies managed right now, and my Phillies fans are beginning to get a little unsettled. Is they seem to be interested in just about everybody the Phillies do. Every every big offseason target the Phillies seem to be interested in, and some names they've lost out on already are people such as Andrew Miller, who, were set, who the Phillies were said to be the front runner on. So I'd say most Phillies fans' patience are starting to lower a bit, but the acquisition of a starting pitcher such as these would truly help. Missing so, out on Andrew Miller would be a was a big loss. I personally would have loved to have him. Six foot seven guy, intimidating to players at the plate. I would have loved to have the experience in the bullpen. Like you said, Gabe Kapler loves versatility. That's as versatile as you can get with Andrew Miller. He's been used basically in every single role and missing out on him was a huge whiff for the Phillies this off season. And you said they've been connected to everyone. The only person they haven't been connected to is someone I would have personally loved for them to get, Adam Adovino. He has filthy stuff. The slider is one of the best pitches in baseball. But it appears that the Phillies won't be signing him. And they missed on a couple other guys. Hopefully they can clean it out and lock up the bullpen before we head into 2019. Yep. A few other names include Jay Happ. Um Michael Brantley was passed on by the Phillies for Andrew McCutcheon. So Phillies fans are eager to see other moves that are supposed to be made with their stupid money this offseason. So now I think we'll head over to the mailbox questions for the day. All right, the first question is, should Phillies fans assume that if Harper and or Machado aren't signed, that the Phillies are staying all in on Mike Trout? Um, I personally don't love that plan if that is Clintac's move. There's no guarantee that Trout will hit the open market. He 
is a well-known Philly fan. Loves the Eagles. He's from Jersey. And fans dream to have him. However, it's unclear that he will be available. There was rumors earlier that Angels were trying to sign him to a lifetime contract. Not exactly sure how that worked. But when he enters free agency, he'll be 29. He'll be on lesser years. The Phillies would have him. So I'm not sure waiting out Harvard Machado for Trout would be the smartest move. Um, I agree with you, Coy. There's no guarantee that Machado and Harper, uh, without Machado and Harper, will be able to get Trout. Um, the Angels could offer him supposedly a half a billion dollar contract, is what I heard the rumors were. So even though he supposedly was a lifelong Phillies fan, he grew up right outside of Philadelphia in New Jersey, because uh, every Eagles home game, it seems like. There's there's no guarantee that in 2021 that he'll be available for the Phillies to acquire. So you can you can't count your eggs, is what is my thing. Uh, we we got to sign either Machado or Harper, and then it's it's a definite plus we can go after Trout in 2021. And there's no guarantee that if the Phillies brought in either of those two, that if Trout did hit the open market, they wouldn't be able to sign him then. Um, there was an executive earlier that said Trout and Harper in the same outfield at Citizens Bank was definitely a possibility. So I don't think there's any need to miss out on one of these two because they're waiting for Trout. Uh, agreed, agreed. That It's not one or the other here. I believe that supposedly Manny Machado and Bryce Harper is a possibility the Phillies could have signed both heading into the offseason. So that shows the financial flexibility the Phillies have. They, they have the ability to sign two huge free agents to two huge contracts. And I think Trout probably should be one, but maybe he should be far in the Phillies' rearview mirror, not not, um, not the number one target right now, as of now. It's so underrated how much youth this year's off se- this offseason free agent class has. Machado and Harper, both 26 years old. If you look at next year, Harper would be the youngest available free agent next year. Um, Machado would be the third youngest. Alexander Bogart's in the middle. So the reason that they have been rumored to be offered 10-year deals is that young age and how long the team that signs them would have with either of those two players. Uh, upcoming players like Goldschmidt, Arenado, and Trout will be a little older. So I think locking down a younger guy now and having him for a longer period of time is the smartest way to go. Uh, now we will move on to our second mailbag question uh, as, in regards to Manny Machado, I believe. All right, this is our last question. Where do you guys think Manny Machado is going? Um, as I, I touched on earlier, uh, I believe that Manny Machado has been destined for for a while now to play in New York under the bright lights. Uh, it was his childhood favorite team. Every sign, even though the Yankees meeting with him only lasted 90 minutes, uh, I believe Machado's definitely for New York. What do you think, Coy? I think it's a guarantee that he'll be in New York, and I actually think he will sign with New York before our next show. I think in this upcoming week he will sign his contract. There was a report from a Orioles beat writer that he had heard from close friends with Machado that Machado prefers the New York and that he would sign early January. Um, I think there's no way around it that Machado will be in the pinstripes next season. Yep, uh, I agree with you by 
I'd say, I'd say, yep, by next Tuesday, Machado will be wearing Yankee pinstripes. So we want to thank you for myself and Coy for listening to FanCast today, the debut episode. Um, I'm Isaac Schwartz at phillies.focus, P-H-I-L-L-I-E-S dot P-H-O-C-U-S. That's it for me. Thank you all. Tune in next week for our next show. Hopefully a lot more news, a lot more on the hot stove. And thanks for tuning in. Take care. Hold on, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished. When I bought her ass tomorrow, y'all thought it was winning. Checking on these f***s. I'm like, Papa, I only finished. Double M, yeah, that's my T-Rose. Ain't this catching on Lieutenant. I'm the type of can of men casting. Grind like I'm broke. Cast is produced by Benson Fector. FanCast is a baseball podcast network production. Be sure to give our hosts a follow on Instagram. Koi at Koi's Dimal, that's Z-D-I-M-A-L, and Isaac at Philly's Focus with a P-H. Be sure to give the FanCast account a follow on Instagram as well, at FanCastBPM. For more FanCast content, be sure to head over to our website at BaseballPodcastNet.com. And be sure to give the Baseball Podcast Network a follow on all those social media platforms. Instagram, at Baseball Podcast Net. Twitter, at Baseball Podcast One. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-1. YouTube, at Baseball Podcast Network. And SoundCloud, at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in to FanCast. We'll see you next time.